Yasas. What happens when you take two vibrant brothers that are descendants from the Greeks in Constantinople, embracing their American roots, and then ask them to serve up rich tales of traditions, cuisine, childhood memories, and a hearty dose of humor? You're about to find out. This is Baklavine Banter, your passport to all things Greek. Welcome to Baklava and Banter. I'm Petraki. And I'm Soto. Hey, you know, a large part of what we've been trying to achieve in doing this show is to highlight not only our own story of growing up Greek, but to be able to highlight the stories of other Greeks who have grown up and contributed to this incredible heritage. With that being said, our guest today began her journey in Thessaloniki, Greece and later immigrated to the U.S. with her family. Her professional realm saw her excel as a law firm administrator, but her heart has always been dedicated to community service and cultural promotion. Residing in the Los Angeles area, she began her volunteering endeavors in the mid-80s, holding esteemed positions at the Culver City PTA and Education Foundation. She went on to pivotal roles such as executive producer of award-winning documentaries for the Greek Heritage Society of Southern California, where she also served as president and made significant contributions to the Los Angeles Greek Film Festival. Currently, she's channeling her energy towards promoting ancient Greek drama with Theatron of the Americas and advocating for the talents and leadership of Hellenic American women with the Hellenic American Women's Council. We are thrilled to deep dive into her rich tapestry of experiences and accomplishments. Please help me extend a big galosorisate to Shelly Papadopoulos. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Welcome, Shelly. Thank you. Galosas rica. Yes, Very thank good. you. It's your lucky day. My lucky day. That's awesome. So how... Um, Talk about how you guys, uh, you know, how you guys met to even get to being able to do this episode, because I think that's kind of cool. Ah, okay. How I met met Peter. Yes. Uh, I have this Facebook group called Greek Supporting Greeks that I started, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And lately it just has exploded in membership. And I'm I'm just on the edge of almost 10,000 members. Wow. Peter joins, and then I get a message saying, "Hey, let's talk." Yeah, yeah. yeah so basically, matter? so basically, I wanted just to ask her to put permission so I can post about the the podcast on there, right? And because I didn't want to post, like you know, unfortunately, Shelly, I didn't read the rules, and uh, <laughs> I didn't want to post. I didn't want to post. I know I read your I, I read your comments because you know one post a month. I read all I read all that, but I just didn't want to know if you're allowed to do promotional <laughs> items on there. So I reached out to her, be like, "Hey, would you be okay if I did this?" She said, "Of course, if you just do it once a month." And then I sent her the materials, the first couple of episodes, and she reviewed them, and we talked again, and here we are now. Yeah. So I the think whole that- point of the group is to support. Anyone in, in a business endeavor, in the arts, science, academia, entertainment world, no travel and no recipes. That's it. And no politics. Yeah. No politics. Yeah. I don't care. What? No politics of anywhere yeah. in the world. Because, what, because what? before I sent you before I sent you the um the links to the videos, you're like, 
you don't say anything bad about the Greeks of uh, the Greeks, do you? In Greece, I said absolutely not. I said if not, <laughs> yeah. we're we're laughing at ourselves more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, can you? Um, so I I just touched on in that intro. There's so much more to sort of unpack in there. One of the things that I think is awesome that I want you to talk about that we sort of read up on is is these documentaries that you did. Um, which which were <laughs> which were uh, narrated by Olympia Dukakis, and right. then the I think it was the second documentary that you premiered at the um, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, where the Oscars used to be, was MT yeah. was emceed by John Aniston, who unfortunately I think passed away in 2022. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Can you talk about a little bit what went behind? creating that series to tell the story of kind of Greeks from the 1900s to present? Sure. Um, I joined Greek Heritage in, I want to say 1997. The organization was founded in 1985 by three individuals, uh, Zoe Fidler, Jim Dimitriou, and Cheryl Olson. Um, and their whole, well, at the beginning, they wanted to, um, you know, they, they did a lot of uh, productions of recreating the Greek picnics the way, they were held back in the day, you know, with the Greek immigrants and stuff. And yeah. then the other thing was to um, record a video history of the families that came here in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. And it was a formidable group. They, um, a lot of them lived in the central LA area and attended a Greek church, which was called the San Julian Street Church, because it was on San Julian Street. It eventually... In 19, early 1950s, uh, the Scores brothers built St. Sophia Cathedral, and that's where the families, you know, a lot of the families uh, built a church and, um, and attended. Uh, so with, with, these, with these interviews uh, that, that kind of increased with time, um, we thought we were going to do one documentary, but it, it's too much to include. So then we thought two, and still that was too much. So we decided to, to make it three. And the first one was the pioneers, 1900 to 1942. And it was the pioneers and, and the struggles and, you know, the hard work and everything. Uh, all the, you know, some of them really suffered, you know, with the language and they thought the streets were paved with gold and little did they know. And then the, the second part is the promise of tomorrow, 1940, 1960. And uh, that's the first generation, how they, they have to be Greek inside the house and American outside. And they really did everything to maintain, you know, the, the wonder bread, the white bread. So uh, they changed their names, you know, Costandinos became Gus and, you know, Caterina became Kathy. And, you know, mm -hmm. so they went through all that. And then we come to the new Greek Americans, 1960 to 2018. And that is uh, the second and third generation. Something, some kids think of themselves very Greek, because they go and visit Papunya yeah, and then, you know, in the Forio mm -hmm. during the summer. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. think they're American Greek and some just don't think anything. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we premiered the uh, first one at Fox Studios. We had the help of Jim Janopoulos. Uh, the second one, I, I was present at the time and I knew Sid Gannis, who was the outgoing president of the Academy. And I sent him an email and I said, Mr. Gannis, do you think we could premiere there? And he said, sure, go right ahead. So at the time I had volunteered for the Phil Festival and John Aniston had presented an award and I asked him, you know, can I contact him? So yeah, sure. Here's, go ahead, contact him. 
and he agreed to to be our MC. So I I, I was on cloud nine, and then the third put um, third premiere was at the Writers Guild about six months before COVID hit. Thank God we got that mm-hmm. done, and I had Angelo Tsarukas. Uh, as our MC, because he was a new Greek American, because Angelo is mm-hmm. Greek Canadian. Mm-hmm. So the series, have, the the trilogy has done very well. We've been in uh, many film festivals. Uh, part one received best international documentary in uh, Panorama, Greece, which is outside the Saloniki. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two, we got the best documentary at the Beverly Hills Film Festival. And we uh-huh. were up against Paul Sorvino's son. So I thought, okay, it's a done deal. <laughs> and we won. I was really surprised. Yeah. Wow. Um, and of course, when we wanted to um, enter, well, we did enter film festivals in 2019. We got as far as New York in October 2019. And uh-huh. we got into the Thessaloniki Documentary Festival, which is very hard to get into. And I, I am going. There's no two ways about it. Uh, I was on my way there, landed in New York, visited my daughter for a couple of days, and they canceled the in-person event because of COVID. Oh, so I had to come wow. back home. That's and they, that was in April of the same year. Uh, we screened at uh, the uh, London Greek Film Festival. Mm-hmm. But again, it was uh, it, it was no in-person. It, it, everything was online. And then nothing happened for three years. Wow. So. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and, and by a, the way, an amazing for- story. For, for, those, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Jim Giannopoulos used to be the head of 20th Century Fox. So, Correct. <laughs> again, yes. it's 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 awesome. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, we also saw uh, we watched the um, the podcast that you did with Angelo, by the way, back in 2020. Oh, okay. he, oh, and, I love you know, Angelo. He, I saw that podcast and I hadn't seen his act in a while. So I said to my brother, this is hilarious. He's hilarious. And he said he's a comedian. Yeah. And I said, really? And I looked him up again, and I saw yeah. his – he does that one routine about renting a car in Greece, which is absolutely <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. So uh, anyhow, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. Do you <clears> – <throat> you know, one of the interesting things about it is, and we mentioned it before we started recording, is if you look at the success of My Big Fat Greek Wedding and you listen to Nia Verdalo's story about as a – Canadian-American actress coming to the U.S., to L.A., finding an agent to try to find work as, as an actor, and having the agent tell her, you're not pretty enough to be a star, you're not fat enough to be a character actress, and oh, by the way, you're Greek, so yeah. no. And yeah. having her basically say, hold my uzo, and creating that based on her own family, and then having it become, I think it's still the top uh, grossing rom-com, at least on domestic sales, $241 million, and also one of the highest-ranking uh, independent films. And then you have the documentaries and so forth that you've done. How do you think, be- because Greeks that have had this, you know, they, they were a minority. I know growing up I looked different, and I learned English as a second language, Greek being first. Our parents spoke Greek and Turkish, so English was a third language. I know what it was like to be different. Do you think Greeks, there's a different vibe, especially in this country, when you see between your documentaries, when you see people like Jim Giannopoulos become the head of studios, Nina, uh, Nia Verdalos do a big fat Greek wedding? Is there a shift in the way Greeks Greeks are perceived, do you think, especially in the U.S.? I think so, especially in the last, how many years, say 30 years. Um, I think there's a positive 
uh, image of them because, you know, Greek families, Greek parents want their kids educated. And this was the big thing that happened, um, that, you know, that, that you can see in The Promise of Tomorrow. Um, some of them, you know, when military, they came out, they went to, they, they took advantage of the GI Bill. You know, per capita, Greeks are the, the most educated people in the world. And they want to continue that. They're, you know, they reach for high, they reach for high things. They reach for high, you know, whatever they want to do, they want to do it the best. Mm-hmm. Majority of them. Yeah. Um, as for Nia, uh, actually, I was in the audience. My friends and I went to see her, her one act play in Long wow. Beach. And wow. sitting in front of me was Rita Wilson. Wow. That was the night that Rita saw the play and connected with, uh, with Nia. Right, because because even after she did the script and she tried to shop it around, they said this would be great, but it has to be an Italian family, I think is is the way it goes. And it was Rita that sort of, you know, first saw her and got hooked and introduced her to Tom, Tom Hanks. Right, and I yeah. think they were the executive producers, if I'm not mistaken, for that. And the rest is kind of history. The funny thing is she said, and we're planning, by the way, if you want to be a part of this, uh, we were talking about doing a review of my big fat Greek wedding three. Um, but she said, she said she went from that to when they went to Greece to film the third one, the Greek government is completely behind it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's, we love uh, the notoriety. that's yeah, exactly. No, no that's exactly what it is. And you know what? The funny thing that you touched on is you're talking about Greeks being the most educated and they want to kind of reach for the stars. Uh, that kind of, hits home for me because my mother always told us you know she tried to plan our career paths for us in a way but at the end of the day she told us she didn't really care what we did as long as we were the best at what we did so you know even you see that kind of like it it rings so true and it's kind of it's like almost like part of the genetic code somewhere you know that that they want to reach for the stars, you know, and also when you talked about earlier about uh, the streets being paved of gold, you know, you know how many times we heard growing up that this mentality before they came here, that the streets were paved of gold and then they came here and they realized uh, the work it would take to succeed, but they were never going to get that opportunity anywhere else but in this country. You know, like our parents, you know, the the main reason why they came here was literally for religious persecution, just because, you know, they're from Constantinople. And if you were a Christian at the time, uh, you were and you owned a business, the Turkish government was taxing you 80 percent just because of your religion. So, you know, you got out when you could. And, you know, we you know, we've talked about in the past, what would our life be if they never left? Like, who would we be? I'd be running some rebellion group. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. But going, yeah. but going back to that, um, you know, my brother kind of touched on your your professional life, but I want to go back. What really attracted me to your story, as who your father was and how you yeah. came to the U.S. and why you came to U.S. So can you just touch a base on a little bit about that and just tell us that story because. For me, it's the first time I ever heard that type of a story before. Yeah. Uh, my father was a Greek Jew, Sephardic, born and raised in Saloniki. The family had been there generations. They originally came from Sicily, 
from a port. They took the name of the port and uh, you know, so they have the name of the port, the Sicilian port, and they went to Saloniki and lived there. Uh, and I obviously was under Turkish rule at the time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, World War II, um, the Germans, you know, rounded up everybody in uh, Saloniki and um, all of my father's family were murdered by the Germans. They, they were murdered in the wow. concentration camps. Uh, my father was at the age, I think it was 21, 22. So, so he was a perfect age to labor, to be a laborer. So they took him to Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen, and then he was in Mauthausen for a while. And he was liberated after four years. He went back to Sony, gave um, their home was occupied by somebody else. Couldn't do anything. His uh, father's grocery store was taken over by someone else. Couldn't do anything. He ended up in a boarding home. And so out of, I think it's out of either 50 or 60,000 Greek Jews that uh, that resided in Saloniki, only 1,950 survived. You're talking about 96% of that population was decimated. Um, so my father got back and uh, the government says, oops, wait a minute, you still need to do your military service after all that. So they drafted him and he served with my mom's oldest brother. And my mom is from Kozani. So my, my uncle had a heart of gold. Whenever they had leave, uh, my father had nowhere to go. So my uncle would take him back home. And uh, when he was discharged, he went to my Bapu and my Aya, and he said, I want to marry your daughter. And this is like 1949. And at the time, I probably had the most progressive grandparents because they did not care. In fact, my Yaya, after the kids were, were baptized, she would never let them wear a cross again because she says that the Stavro is a sign of death. And my papu wow. said, I don't need to go as Nicolicia. He says, I have got Nicolicia in my heart, which is what I used to always say. I mean, I still say it. <clears throat> so my mom went to the Salniki and stayed with an aunt until my father could figure things out. And the rabbi there, oh, yeah, he says, we'll make you Jewish. Here you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so they had their wedding. And uh, a year and a half later, I was born. And because my father uh, had no family, he had the opportunity to immigrate somewhere. And he told my mama, we can go to Israel. And she said, up, 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 up. no, I don't want to go. Um, Argentina, you know, Ameriki, Ameriki, yes. So I was three months old and I, I, I have the ship manifest and it says we came here as displaced persons. And we were, we were wow. destined for Tucson, Arizona, but we landed in the port of New York, lower Manhattan. And uh, the Sephardic Brotherhood there said, go Tucson, Arizona. So they sent us to Portland, Oregon, where, where, where I lived for eight years in a huge Sephardic community. And then wow. we came to you LA know, and again in the Sephardic community. So we went to temple. We didn't go to church. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, the, the, the Greek Jew story is an interesting one as well. And I, I wanted to touch on this because this reminds me of, you know, uh, when when we used to go to uh, Greek church growing up, and I would get asked, what part of Greece are you from? And I would say I was actually born in Constantinople. And then the next question ended up being, and I was pretty young, I would be st- I would be up in the in the aisle waiting to get communion, and the same people would ask me, are you Greek or Turkish? And I could never understand, because mm. people didn't understand, how could you be born in what today they know as Turkey and still be Greek. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the Greek Jews are sort of the same. And um, I was telling my brother earlier that, you know, the historical center of Sephardic, Sephardic life was Thessaloniki. 
It was, yeah. Right? They called it the mother of Israel. Exactly. And at the time, it was part of Greek Macedonia. But right. then the Greek Jews played a huge part in the development of Christianity. Yeah. You know, it's it, so it's amazing to me that, and this is one of the things that I probably enjoy the most as part of us deciding to do uh, a show like this is it it not that it forces you but it because it's a labor of love but it, it makes you want to go back when we hear stories like yours and go let me go take a look at that because that's interesting and mm-hmm. all of a sudden when you dig in just a little bit you go of course yeah. but if you look at you know if you judge the book by its cover you go well how could you be greek how could you be so I think that's I, I think that's interesting. And actually, Shelley, I actually live in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's funny because one of my um one of my good friends is a is a an optometrist. He is Sephardic Jew, but he's French. His one of his uh, parents was from Morocco. And yes. so you meet him, he speaks fluent French, lived in France for a while. Yeah. Um but grew up Jewish, and again, when like I said, if you sit in front of him and he starts speaking French with a little bit of that attitude, <laughs> you can swear he's French. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. You know, in, in high school, um, I went to school with a lot of the kids whose parents founded Saint Sophia, and we wow. were all placed in one of these uh, like these AP classes. So you know, those are brainy kids, smart kids. And they used to say, well, wait, 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 you can't be, you can't be a Greek Jew. There's no such thing. And it's, you can't be Jewish. You can't be Greek at the same time. And I said, one is an ethnicity and the other one's a religion. So you, yeah. why aren't you being, why aren't you at St. Sophia? Because yeah. I can't, I go to mm-hmm. temple, I go to a synagogue. Yeah. So yeah. my dad was a hundred percent Greek. Like you say, if you saw my dad, you'd say hundred percent Greek, everything, everything except right. the religion. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, so that's, I'm just wondering. Uh, you were talking about how you guys took on the um, the name of the port, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Portocalis, was it? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no. just check. No. I was just checking. Okay, I just wanted to no, no. make sure. I would just clear that up right there because people yeah. are like, "Oh, the Portocalis or not?" No, no, no. <laughs> but it's funny because my my we did my dad's DNA before he passed away, and he's sixty percent Sicilian. It was really creepy. Wow. Because, you know, my, his mom, you, his mom told him, uh, we're from Spain. Well, I guess Sicily at the time was under Spanish rule. So mm. he comes out 60% Sicilian, yeah, 30% Moroccan, and 10% Western Asia. Wow. It's like, wow. no Greek at all, like 0.2%. Yeah. It was hysterical, yeah. Yeah, I remember when my, my, my sister and I think my mother and, and then I ended up doing DNA. And one of the things that came up is that I forgot what it was. It's somewhere between 10 and 20%, I think came up as um, from from Italy. <laughs> so I thought, you know, maybe I have, you know, maybe we have an uncle has got a small villa on the coast there somewhere, but no such luck. <laughs> Sorry, hey, you ahead, never Anna. know. You never know. <laughs> so what do you think growing growing up with that being Sephardic and being Greek? Was it difficult? for you growing up as far as an identity like because in a way you were being i don't want to say you were being kind of put in a corner but did you have to juggle it at all because not like we've talked and you identify 100 percent as greek but back then growing up in oregon like was it hard for you 
No, not at all, because we were, you know, at the time, uh, Portland had a huge Sephardic community, and everyone lived in kind of like within a, you know, walking distance uh, Mm -hmm. of each other. You know, the city was small at the time, and they really, they embraced us. You know, they were our family. They were, you know, I had no aunts, uncles, cousins. For them, Mm -hmm. you know, they were our aunts, they were our uncles, and, and the kids were our cousins. And the same yeah. thing in L.A. We came here. My father knew a lot of the families uh, that, you know, from Greece. Uh, some were from Salniki, some were, you know, uh, Rhodes, Volos, Larissa, wherever. But mm-hmm. a lot of the people he knew. In fact, I have one friend here, uh, here in L.A., and she and I were born in the same clinic four days apart in Salniki. So she, wow. she's my sister. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, no, so no I you... have no identity. No. No, that's good, though. I mean, because like, like I said, your story is not one that is very common. I mean, as you know, because like you said, the population of Greek Jews is not very good. Yeah. And I can't, I, I don't know what the number is right now, but it's not something that you, you know, you go around and being like, oh, I'm a Greek Jew, you know, like, yeah. especially now, like, you know, I live just outside of, I'm 20 miles from Times Square. So we have a large Hasidic orthodox population here and you know if you're not hasidic or orthodox they don't you're not viewed as a as a real jew i have a a co-worker of mine (laughs) who refuses to fly whose mother still lives in um he grew up in jerusalem and his mother now lives in tel aviv and he says you know i refuse to fly i only fly el al on a saturday when the hasidics and the orthodox aren't there because if i fly during the week and if I'm happy to wear my yarmulke on the plane, because I know I'm going to go right to temple with my mother when we land, they chastise him and say, you're not a real Jew. I know. And so he kind of gets got so annoyed with it that he was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to fly El Al only on Saturdays because you aren't on the plane. It's, it's kind of sad the way a religion kind of compartmentalizes others in the religion. But. That's how the world goes around these days. It, you know, it's the same thing here as L.A. I mean, I want to say 90% are are Ashkenazi. And it's a yeah. totally, totally different. You know, they, they have lox and bagels. We, what's lox and bagels? You yeah. know, gefilte fish or matzo ball soup. Said, no, we, yeah. we eat fai, we eat pasticcio. <laughs> yeah. We eat you like yeah, you. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, now you're making me hungry. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Yuvalakia. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good one. That's a type of, for those listening, by the way, who aren't of Greek heritage, that's a type of meatball soup, but much, much better. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like um, albondigas in the Spanish, yes, the yes, Mexican. Yeah. yeah. We have that yeah. here in Arizona. Um, when you were talking about, um, when you're talking about the, um, the documentary and you're talking about some Greeks who had different levels of, some of them associated with being Greek, but only went to a certain point. It's interesting because I had a friend of mine who was um, who was Sikh Indian who came to this country when he was twenty, and we ended up in this discussion that I never thought I, I anybody else was thinking about it. And the discussion was he was frustrated that there's um, you know other Sikhs in this country, maybe born in this country, that neither speak the language, understand the culture, they'll go to the clubs. And they'll say that they have that kind of ancestry or heritage because it's cool for one reason or the other. But for one reason or the other, that's where it ends. Greeks very much the same 
thing. I mean, I can't tell you how many, you meet a Greek and the first thing, you know, you're curious about is do you speak the language? And I understand not everybody has to speak it, but it seems like there's, a, a, maybe it's a generational thing where you're born to Greek parents and part of it, I guess, depends on, you know, our parents, you know, we both went to Greek school as much as we liked it or not for, for a number of years. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic because to me, whether it's food or whether it's language or whether it's music, I like to know the full story, <laughs> right? And so I, I don't know if you see some of that, if you see that same dynamic or have a perspective on it. And I'm just curious if it's because, because we, from generation to generation, it's been one way or the other weaned out. I don't even know if that's the right word, but um, I'm just curious if you have a perspective on it. Uh, I'm the oldest, so I didn't speak English until first, second grade. Wow. And my Yaya Santa, there was no Greek school back then. Uh, my Yaya Santa, the, 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 I don't know, it's a, like a, something they would have, a book they would have in kindergarten. And my mom taught me how to read Greek. And I would have to memorize, you know, you know, I remember that still to today. <laughs> now, right, my, right. my middle sister were two years, eight months apart. So by mm -hmm. the time she came along, you know, she's got the Greek, but it's like more spasmena. You know, my yeah, my yeah. accent is still, I, I still have a, you know, American accent, but I can get away with a lot more. And I, my, you know, I, I think I'm more fluent. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing, we never went to Greece. Oh, I never went. My, my mom took my youngest sister and then my middle sister, but I never went. I didn't go back until I was probably my early 20s. So for me, it was, okay, here I am, I'm back and, you know. Kind of picked up where I left off, and and uh, and then we used to go in the summertime a lot. So my girls would uh, pick up the Greek, and my oldest lived in Athens for a year, so wow. she's fluent in it. My yeah. my second daughter, at at ten years old, she says, "I don't want to do dancing. I don't want to go to Sunday school. I don't want to do anything." And I said, "Hey, fine, no problem." She says, "I'm American." I said, "No problem. Do whatever you want to do." I, you know. So here <laughs> she is now. She's in her mid thirties. Where do you think she is right now? <laughs> Exactly. In Greece. Yeah. She comes, yeah. She comes home, she works, and then she saves some money, and she goes visits her dad, and she hangs out there. So I said, oh, as I went under the Greek. And so she went to Greek school. Well, she reads it, but she has a hard time now with, uh, you know, getting her tongue going. But she's, yeah. you know, she, she's working on it. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny. I was telling my brother. My brother hasn't been in a long time, but I've been going, trying to go like every other year now. And it's funny because... You go there, you know, I, my Greek is pretty on point, you know, and, and I go there and it's funny within a day, it goes from being like 90% to like 110%, like in a day. And it's just, and I tell him I jokingly, like, you know, I think we were talking about how, um, Teton Foods closed that, you know, oh. like a few days before I'd go, I go to Teton's food and just walk around the shop and just listen to them all talk just to kind of get your ear going back yeah. again. And even yeah. though, you know, I talk to my mother in Greek and all that, it's just when you're in a community like that, when you're encompassed in it, it's just like you just get supercharged with it. And it's just like everything just comes flowing back to you that you've learned, you know, like the funny thing is I don't look. People say I look more Italian. I don't look Greek. So I look more American than anything else. And I laugh because I go there. They think, here's this American. <laughs> and then they find out that um, 
you know, I'll start, I'll go in a restaurant and just start talking Greek with them. And they're like, oh, you speak Greek. And then they start, where are you from? And they tell them, oh, I'm parents of Constantinople. And then that's such a whole other conversation in itself right there. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, you know, they kind of, I kind of laugh because they kind of, they kind of size you up there, which I just, you know, I enjoy it because that's, that's what Greeks do. You know, we size you up. But what I laugh at when you go in and you have people and they're talking about Americans and they're like, oh, and you're sitting in the court just like giggling. And then they figure out that, you know, you know what they're saying and they come up to you speak. Like, yeah, of course I speak Greek, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to so, say when I, I, I tell people when I've gone out to, like, I remember um, before I moved out here when I was still, uh, you know, um, actually I was living in Boston at the time and I was down in New York city with uh one of my bosses and we went to molivos which is a fantastic restaurant uh, i think it's still there in new york city in manhattan and so i i did all the ordering and so, so by the time we got to dessert and i could hear that all the servers were greek which is kind of funny what they talk about but because it's in greek most people don't know i'm giggling so he comes he comes over and uh say we're going to have dessert and he looks at me at one point he goes uh, are you greek i am do you speak greek i am <laughs> then he goes Telete and then they they had an awesome dessert menu like seven or eight and we ordered one or two of them well all of a sudden they started coming in and that's what we talked about i think in the first episode because you were talking about we talked about this this idea that greeks are interesting in that and i guess there's other cultures that are similar once one Greek identifies another, it's like a whole different ballgame, right? It's and and I always I never paid attention to that, but now I appreciate it. I appreciate it the same way I say that having grown up in the Northeast with the attitude and the food and everything else, when you when you're in that part of the country, Boston doesn't really like New York, New York doesn't really like Philly and so forth. But when you leave, regardless of where you are from the Northeast, it's like you met a friend. <laughs> right. It's the same idea, right? Nobody asks you, were you a Greek from, you know, Crete? Were you a Greek from Istanbul? You, it doesn't matter at that point. You're Greek. And if you speak yeah. the language, yeah, I think that's a neat dynamic. It yeah. is. When, when my youngest daughter um, started traveling with her friends, uh, I said, you know, make any effort to say something. You know, Kalimera, just say something. I said, yeah. you'll, you know, you'll endear them. And uh, she's okay, mom, fine. She's, I'll, I'll pick it up. So they were in one of the islands and there were, you know, they got there and they hadn't reserved a room. So here they are, there's no room. So they, they uh, or there's just one room left and it's like really expensive. And uh, she says, uh, you know, we're looking for a room and all that. And the lady says, well, I don't know. It's, you know, how much, however many euro it, it is. <clears throat> and then uh, Katerina said something in, in Greek and she said, oh, Elenida. She says, me to me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Price, you know? I yeah. said, see, what well, you got to have price. Come on. And, and that's funny that you say that. So I was in, um, I was in Santorini flying back to Athens, right? And they wanted to charge us for our bags. And I, I had status with with another airline that I was supposed to code share with this, with them. She goes, it's going to be like $50 a bag. And I'm like, I'm not paying $50 a bag. I, all in English. Well, you got to pay $50 a bag. All of a, all of a sudden, I said to her, "Then Drepesa." <laughs> <laughs> I love right? it. Right. 
Aren't you ashamed and, for those that like, are not and, I'm, and I say to her, like, they need this email. Like, I'm, I'm like, email one came to United, then the Lepis. It's the computer, then the Lepis. Oh, Signomi. No, you know, no charge. <laughs> it's just so, it's just so yeah. funny. Like, it just, I've never experienced that in like, and I don't know if other countries, like, if you're Italian or German, if that happens. But it's just like, I was trying to explain that to my brother. Like, you go there and you just feel like, the only way I can explain it is like a sense of belonging, you know? It's just like, yeah. it kind of just wraps you up. Like yeah. you're a hero, you know, and it just like just want to rub it around, you know. It's just crazy. Except when you're in Athens, and it's a it's it's a German lady who knows Greek because I don't know how she knows Greek, but she's wow. German, and yeah. she says, you know, a hundred euro, and I said, oh he, oh he, oh he, yeah. <laughs> she yeah, didn't exactly. care Greek, no Greek. She said, you're gonna be that hundred euro. No, yeah. you should have gone. You should have gone nine, 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 nine. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember that. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I just want to circle back. I just want to circle back going to um, the history of your father. Have you ever gone to Auschwitz? Have you ever? I do cannot. you have any? I cannot. Would, no. I mean, I'm strong. You know, I'm strong willed. Yeah. I cannot. I can't. I yeah. just. I, I I get to. I feel. You know, it's one thing. I, I feel spirits and things. It's really, you know, I'm not well, crazy, but I feel, I remember we were with a friend and we had gone to the, uh, mm -hmm. to the uh, Rhode Island International Film Festival. We were yeah. on our way to Marblehead and we're driving yeah. and mm -hmm. I'm telling my friend which way to drive, go here, go there, you know, your highway, you know, town, highway town. At one point she stops and I had had kind of like weird things happen to me when I was younger, but I didn't understand what they were. Mm -hmm. And I, I had this immediate dread come over me and I didn't know what it was. It's like, I couldn't breathe. And I turn my head, and there's this ugly brown building, two-story building, hardly any windows, and it's the home of the Salem Witch Trials. Wow. That freaked me out. And then wow. a couple of years later, later, I'm uh, with my daughter in lower Manhattan, and, mm -hmm. you know, where the towers were, and the waters, you know, doing this, and all yep. of a sudden, I can't breathe again. Because it's like I feel the spirits. I guess, so, Ellie, we, we have to get out of here. I can't do this anymore. I can't. Okay, Mom, leave. So if I go to Auschwitz, I'll, I'll probably fall down dead. I, I can't do and, it. And Shelly, you know what? I know exactly what you mean. I ha I have a lot of premonitions. And as a child, I ignore them, but now I listen to them. And it's funny because I know things are going to happen before they're going to happen. But it doesn't happen to me all the time in places. But I'll tell you the story. I was in, um, I was in Berlin, Germany, in the cathedral there, which was bombed during World War II. But they, they rebuilt it. And now they have, when you go down to the first, like the basement, it's all the um, the uh, the catacombs. And they have all the cardinals. They're all catacombs. It's the first time ever I walked in there, and it's ever in my life, where I said, I need to leave here. Because it was so like... I can't explain it. Like I couldn't, like you said, you couldn't breathe. There was a heaviness on you. Yeah. And I said, I, I, I need to go. I need to go back upstairs. I need like, I need some brats and a beer right now because <laughs> I feel like I'm choking down here. Yeah. It is, it is the most like stressful feeling I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I agree. So you're almost, you're like, you know, you're like 
Teresa Caputo almost, you know, you're like the ghost whisperer, you know, <laughs> come to the light care land, you know, something like that. No, I'm, I'm teasing you. But, uh... <laughs> Shelley, what but the other you... thing too is I'll just real quick, I'll interject something because I, I was, I saw that my name's down there on the, all right, Shelley, do you know my name is Shelley? Do you know Do you know Shelley? Do you know And I said, only Paratsukli. They do not draw my I said, Rachel. D? Rachel. Rachel. Oh, here Rachel. Rachel. R-A-S-I-E-L. Rachel. I'm named after my father's oldest sister. What kind of name is that? Okay. Babas went on Evreos. You know, then you start that whole, you know. Okay, fine. Yeah. By the way, our father's first name was Costantinos, and he went by Gus. Yeah, I never could figure out how that how it went from. Uh, because, you know, I, I know the reason. I know the reason why that's happened. If you guys want a fun fact, okay, because in it. Roman, right, in Rome, uh, Constantine was Augustus. Augu- there you go. Okay, that's why. There you go. Because that's... the Greeks figured everything out. Don't worry, we did it. You know. <laughs> By the way, the 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 worst thing that could have happened for ego for Greeks was watching my big fat Greek wedding with the line that we invented language because I know my brother and I personally have used that over. As a matter of fact, I pointed out that he made a typo in one of the, (laughs) our disclaimer that we put in the front of the video that basically say, you know, the views are solely ours and he misspelled solely. And so I sent that to him in in a text and he replied back, we invented language. Now you're trying to change it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let, Let me, let me, um, let me ask you this, Shelley. From a, from a project perspective, um, do you have any other interesting documentaries? Because I have a suge- we have a suggestion for one. Oh, uh, <laughs> that one that we we'd like to make. We just did an episode, the last episode that posted this week. I don't know if you if you watched it on Olympic four eleven. You remember that flight nineteen seventy eight forty five years ago that almost became the largest aviation disaster in history. Yeah, I haven't watched the episode yet. Yeah, if it wasn't for the pilot. And so we did an entire episode on that um, because here you have this pilot. Everybody knows Sullenberg here in the Miracle on the Hudson. But 45 years ago, (laughs) this Greek pilot, also military, also former fighter pilot, did something that even Boeing, in reviewing all of the statistics, said that plane should have crashed. And the crazy thing about it is the plane landed. There was over 400 people on it. The plane mm-hmm. landed. Everybody got off. And then a few hours later, same pilot, Migalis, right? Yeah. I think what's his name? Same pilot. Migalis, yeah. Got on a different 747, same route, like nothing happened. <laughs> so we're like, somebody should make a, a movie about this because yeah. this is just, I mean, if you tell the story, if you look at it, it's incredible. Um, but anyhow, I was just curious if there were other interesting, uh, you know, documentaries or other projects that um, you're you're thinking about working on or are working on. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I'm the U.S. tour manager for Fortini Baksevani, and she is doing uh, her play, The Lady of Rokiratisro, at the Greek Cultural Center on October 22nd. So I will be in New York for that. Okay. Uh, she'll she'll be in uh, Boston um, at the Maliotti Center on October 15th. And we're also going to squeeze in Chicago. Um, I'm also working. I have another client now. I mean, and they're coming out. You know, all these things are just coming at me right now. Another mm-hmm. young man who is doing uh, a play, a one, one-man play. And it's also at the Greek Cultural Center. And his name is Michael Dukakis, the actor, wow. not the politician. Right. Um, 
I'm going to, I'll be his, uh, you know, Octus. I have a, I have a, uh, my company is Octus Productions. Okay. So I will produce that for him, but he's, we've already scheduled New York and I'm working on a documentary now. I can't say what it is because, you know, they say, if I tell you, I have sure. to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a Sicilian thing. Yeah. Um, no, it's it'll be about Greek women and no, 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 it's not necessarily Greek women. I decided to make it international, which is about okay. a professional Greek women and and you know when I'm able to announce it, I'll let you know. Okay, maybe you should have my mother on. <laughs> oh, that would be. Oh no, because then my mother will say what? Egisafiki, then Egisamena. Yeah. yeah. And I have a I have a big time uh, producer, uh, executive producer who is on board with me, and I'm. Beyond happy. That's awesome. Yeah, very That's happy. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So uh, other things are in the works. You know, people are contacting me, and but gosh, it's like I'm I'm giving out cards, you know, and I'm not. People are just contacting me now. Yeah. Well, well, I think it's you know it's it's certainly great for you know the community. Uh, it's great for the heritage, and it's certainly great for the you know for for the for the arts and and recognition. I mean, that's kind of what we're all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the 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 podcast that you had done with with Angelo, you know, connecting with Greeks, kind of had the same the same vibe to it. And um, we we just we joke about some of the stuff that happened growing up, and then we're like, you know what? Let's because I do podcasts for work. I'm in the technology field all the time, so it's not like it. We're not used to it. And my brother was doing some other podcasts, and we literally said, hit record, and let's see how it sounds. And that's that kind of that first episode that we did. And then it kind of, and then it kind of built a life of its own because we're like, "Ooh, here's another good story." Okay, now let's structure it because we want to cover a little food. We want to cover a little, and, and I think part of what we also were trying to do is is not just play along the stereotypes, right? We're just not. We're, we called it baklava and banter because it's catchy, but yeah. we're not going to talk about whose baklava is better or or this or that, right? It's 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 yeah. it's a whole different vibe. So. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. We definitely, um, you know, we definitely, uh, at some point in, uh, in the future, future episode, we'd love to have you come back on and, and talk a little more about what you're doing and we'll see where yeah, we too. are with the show. So it could be interesting. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I can refer, you know, some friends who have different stories and you'll see if they oh, want to do a podcast too. That'd be that wonderful. Be... We appreciate it, Shelly. We really do. Good. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been wonderful. I mean, who knew? Uh, you know, a, a message from Peter about are you? You know, is it okay to post this? <laughs> Only post once a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want people to hold well, it up. You know. Well, it's been a, it's been a month now, so I think um, you know, oh, okay. I'll take my, <laughs> yeah, I'll take my monthly allowance now. You know. <laughs> yeah. You could post it. Keep the pasticcio recipe to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and just food. For, and I, I have to ask this, Shelly, because I asked a lot of people this, and nobody has a question for me. On the pasticcio side, what's up with the cinnamon? I don't understand this. Who puts oh. cinnamon in this? Of, I don't understand. I just don't understand. That's, have you watched Politiki Cucina, A Touch of Spice? I have, have not. Have you watched that movie? Okay. No, it's, I have it's, not. It, the filmmaker is Tasso Spulmetis. He's a yeah. dear friend. Okay. And you have to, and he was born in Constantinople. Okay. And lived wow. there as a child. You have to find the movie. Okay. It's Politi Cuisina or a Touch of Spice in English. Okay. You okay. have to watch it and it's a story of it's it's his story it, you know up to a point you know it took a little uh-huh. uh, liberty with the story but it's okay. it's his story of his papu and the spices. So that'll answer into that. 
That's okay. Your- does he li- does he currently live in the U.S.? No, he's in he's in Greece. Okay. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you for that tidbit right yeah. there. I didn't ask now your question. To- but you'll have to <laughs> to watch a movie. No, let me let me watch it first. And then, you know, I'll do a follow-up later. That was the best answer you could have given. Oh, you want an answer? Watch this movie, because that's what I do. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I do. I like to watch movies. Thanks, Shelly. I appreciate it. So so when I'm in Greece, I'm going to say, you know, Tasso, guess what? I was was on the interview show, and they were talking about this and that, and I said, I actually plugged your movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you go, Because aren't you going to Greece next week? Uh, Yeah. If you do run into him... Invite him. Tell him to come to the podcast. Give him my information. I'd love to have okay. him on. Sure, yeah, that sure. Would be, that would be awesome. Especially since we have that, that Constantinople uh, connection Connection. There. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I will also be there. I'm going to just one more plug. I mean, the voting is over, but I was nominated for this Greek International Women's Award. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, it was global. And there's, yeah. I think, 11 or 12 categories, and I was nominated for arts and culture. And yeah. I'm, I'm shortlisted. So they, the ceremony... Wow. There's 11 of us, yeah. Yeah. and my, you know, my bio is all on there, and you know, I think I have a good chance. If nothing else, the short list is just fine. That's fantastic. Oh. Shelly, congratulations. Thank well you. done. Well, well done. We'll, we'll remember Thanks. this episode a couple of years from now. I remember yeah. when I'm hoping she had I, time. I, I'm hoping we get on that ex- acceptance speech right there. That'd be like, you know. <laughs> you know, you never know, because a friend of mine yeah. said, just make your documentary global. He said, you never know. You could, yeah. you know, just... Give it to the to the academy, and you never know how things go. And yeah, I said, oh, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Well, listen, Shelley, we're we're coming to the end of our time right now. But once again, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Um, anytime, you know, we're I'll contact you. We'd love to have you back in a few months. Just see where you at, where you're at. You can see where we're at at the time. But from the bottom of our hearts, we yeah. really appreciate the time you've taken with us. Yeah, thank you both for this wonderful opportunity. I, you know, got to, you know, learn more about you two, and uh, and sure, would love to uh, on a future episode. And you know, if you need anything in this California area, you're looking for someone or certain, uh, you know, an interview about somebody, let me know, and I can dig someone yeah. up for you. And listen, next time you're in New York, let me know. We can have dinner together. Yeah, I will definitely be there. I said the 15th to the 22nd for sure. Because I always go for my granddaughter's birthday, which is October uh-huh. twenty-three. Okay, so but we'll touch base. And, you know, we'll get together. Okay. Definitely, I'll come into the city. It's not a big deal. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank cool. you again. Right. This has been wonderful. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Okay, guys. Uh, for Baklava and Banter, uh, I'm Petraki, and I'm Soto. Have a great time weekend, and we'll see you next week. Yes, us. <laughs>